Mark Porpilia is with Hockey Ministries International, and he serves as the team chaplain. And get this, not only with the Buffalo Sabres, but also to the Rochester Americans and to both RIT and Nazareth Colleges. Mark, thanks for joining us. You must be one busy guy. How long have you been with Hockey Ministries International? Uh, this is my uh, this is my fifth season that I'm in the middle of right now. Before we talk about your work with HMI, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Were, were you a player, and how did God lead you into HMI? Yeah, uh, well, I was a player. Nothing, uh, nothing high level. Uh, played up through varsity in uh, my uh, hometown team, and then uh, just the uh, the men's leagues ever since then. But uh, just loved the game, and uh, was a pastor locally here in the Rochester area, and uh, really just one of those uh, very random, you know, talk to a friend of a friend, and uh, all of a sudden I'm I'm. Uh, becoming aware that, uh, there's a ministry called Hockey Ministries International. I didn't even know it existed, which was, I thought, pretty strange for a hockey playing pastor. But, um, I didn't, uh, didn't know that they existed, but, uh, lo and behold, they did. And they needed a volunteer chaplain for the Rochester Americans in the 09-10 season. And, uh, I was able to, uh, apply and, uh, get that position and, uh, while I was still working at the church, I volunteered over there with my church's blessing. And uh, but it was during that season that sort of fell in love with the uh, with the ministry and the plight of the boys. And I uh, sensed that the Lord was calling me into uh, doing it full time. So I resigned uh, my position at the church and uh, came on staff with Hockey Ministries. Many of our listeners may not be familiar with HMI. Can you talk a little bit about Hockey Ministries International and its impact, as well as maybe some of its goals, and what's the overall purpose of HMI? Yeah, I can guarantee you nobody has heard of Hockey Ministries International. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's, it's the best-kept secret out there. It's, uh, it was begun in 1977 by a former player who was a, a, a Christian, and uh, but found that during his playing career it was tough to uh, to exercise his faith, if you will. They, they often played or practiced or traveled on Sundays. Um, it was, uh, it's not a sport that uh, is necessarily recognizing of, of faith and, and uh, faith values. Um, and so it was just very difficult for him to, uh, to exercise his faith as a player. And so he felt like the Lord was, uh, was calling him to, to start something. So in 1977, he uh, he started, and uh, like everything else, we start small. And so uh, now, however many years later, we're in, uh, I believe it's seven countries. We have hockey camps in over, uh, I think there's 32 hockey camps every year. Um, we do chapels in 25 North American leagues. The last I knew, on like 175 teams, almost 2,000 players involved. And so we, our, our goal is to uh, reach the hockey world for Jesus Christ. Every player, every fan, every arena, everywhere. So our main um, arms or our legs of doing that are the camps during the summer for youth. These are these are hockey camps for uh, just you know that you would send your your son to. Uh, but it's Christian based. There are chapels and breakout groups and and uh, and all of that it is unapologetically Christian as well. Um, so you get the best of both worlds, if you will. And then during the year, we have chapels. So we, instead of asking the players to come to church, we bring church, if you will, to to the locker room. And in a spare locker room after a practice with however many players want to attend, and that may be uh, three-quarters of the team or it may be just two guys, depending on who's interested. Uh, about a half-hour chapel looking into God's Word and applying it to our lives and 
and uh, trying to be a, a friend and a mentor and a pastor for all who are interested, trying to bring a little light into a dark arena. What are some of your responsibilities as a team chaplain, and do they vary, say, from the NHL to the AHL to the college ranks? I don't know that my, my responsibilities probably do not vary. The culture definitely varies. So you have to, uh, you have to swim a little differently in the different waters. Um, but what I basically offer, if you will, our, our bread and butter is chapel. So I offer the team, hey, can I come in once a week, once every other week, whatever works, and do a half hour, if you will, Bible study for completely voluntary and, um, you know, whoever's interested. And uh, I go to the coach with that approach, and then I approach the team with it. And basically, if there's somebody interested, then we start. And uh, so I come in uh, once a week and set up shop, and uh, which just means, you know, find the empty room, arrange the chairs, and uh, see who shows up and be prepared to, uh, to have a little study into God's Word. And from there, now I try to... Yeah, pastor to them. I try to go out for coffee and get into their lives a little bit more personally and see how they're doing because um, the chapel setting, it's not, uh, they're still a little guarded. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to let their guard down and, and tell their deepest, darkest secrets in front of their teammates. So uh, while it's chapels are, are very good, they're also, uh, you know, they only go so far. So from there, we try to, like I said, be a pastor to them and meet with them one-on-one and disciple and evangelize and uh, do all those things. And it just depends on the team. That, uh, you know, some teams I'm involved with a player or a coach almost every day. It's, uh, you know, they are really welcoming of me. Others, it's, you know, once every other week and it's sort of very hit and run, just come in, do your thing and leave and nobody wants to do anything extra. And so you just, uh, you know, you let them lead and, just uh, offer what you can and see who, see who bites on it. I have some friends that do chapel services for professional baseball and football teams, and they find that getting Bible studies among the players to be more difficult than it was in your past. And I real, realize you said you've only been, what you say, five years, I think? is team, yeah. yeah. Do you do you find it difficult to get the players to be part of a, a weekly Bible study? Actually, the, the hockey world is completely different from football and um, and baseball. If, if I can just back up a little bit, maybe over the last 50 years, um, the, the football culture and the, the baseball culture, in a sense, coming out of the American South. And so, you know, opening with the Bible Belt, opening services in there, or having a chapel around, um, that, that wasn't very strange. And so there have been plenty of, plenty of football chaplains who have traveled with their team. Uh, the teams have paid for it. You know, they're, they've actually been on the official uh, schedule. They're, uh, they're welcome on the practice field. They're there basically every day. But hockey's not that. Hockey's, you know, Canadian and uh, Eastern European and uh, much colder to the gospel, not used to having uh, religious folk around and uh, very skeptical of that. And so whereas football has a rich tradition in chaplains and uh, the gospel being around, it's actually starting to fade. But hockey is actually starting to grow. And so now we're just on the cusp. Um, 10, 20 years ago, it was very difficult to have any sort of gospel representation in in the hockey community. Um, They felt like it made you soft, uh, it made you a pansy, you couldn't go out there and be a tough guy, Um, think it would be messing with your mind, etc., etc., but 
Um, last few years, especially with some of the tragedies in the hockey world that I don't know if you're aware of, but uh, people start to realize, you know, we we actually need some some help and some guidance and a little bit of something. And so I can't say that they're embracing us uh, quite yet, but uh, it's much more open uh, than it's ever been. We're talking with Mark Porpilia. He is uh, with Hockey Ministries International. He's also the team chaplain for both the Sabres, the Rochester Americans, as well as RIT and NAS Colleges. The Sabres recently made a multiplayer trade. How do you go about introducing yourself to a new player and making yourself available to them? Yeah, it was interesting. I was actually there that day when uh, the trade went down, and that was uh, that was uh, uh, it was quite an event. It was uh, it turned everything upside down, and people's uh, hearts and uh, hopes and dreams and friends are leaving. It was uh, that was a bit a bit crazy, but. Uh, to answer your question, um, I generally will do it through uh, a contact I already have. So I will say uh, to one of the players, hey, uh, you know, introduce me. Or, uh, you know, let them know, the, the new player, let them know that, we, that we're here. Uh, obviously, if I happen to see them in the back hallway, I can also simply uh, walk up to them, but that doesn't always happen. So um, either through myself or through the established chapel and the chapel, the guys who come to chapel, I try to let them know, the new players know that uh, that we are here and uh, we're here to help, and uh, hopefully they, they seek us out a little bit too. Working with both the Amherst and the Sabres must have its advantages, but is it difficult for your ministry relationship with a player when they move between the two clubs? No, it's, I mean, it's difficult only because of, uh, since I'm based in Rochester, um, uh, the Amherst get uh, the majority of my time. So I get to see players more if they're here in Rochester, move up to the Sabres, or if they move down to Elmira, and I just basically am not uh, present with them. As far as the relationship itself, that doesn't usually, if, uh, you know, if we're, if we're friends here, then we're friends in uh, whichever place I go. I'm sure you try to build relationships with all the players who come through your chapel services, but being in the ministry myself, I know that it's only natural to have some relationships which are stronger than others. Is there one or two players you are still particularly close with? Oh, absolutely. There's a uh, there's a number, and uh, there's uh, there's definitely young men that uh, I grow close to and continue a relationship as they move on in their career uh, to different teams, and some have actually gone on to different leagues. I Skype with four different uh, players who are now playing overseas in Europe, and um, they don't have a chaplain at all over there, and even if they did, it might not—they might not speak English. So uh, I get to Skype with them and uh, continue my relationship as pastor to them uh, using uh, latest technology, and uh, that's actually also been a huge joy to be able to continue to speak into their lives and continue uh, our relationship. Well, it sounds like God has really blessed you. It sounds like an exciting job. I'm sure it has its difficulties and hardships, but you're from Western New York. Are these your favorite teams growing up, so that must be a thrill for you if it is. Uh, it is absolutely a thrill. It, uh, I, I jokingly say that uh, when the universe finds out how much fun I'm having, they're going to put a stop to it because, uh, yes, I really enjoy it. Yeah, growing up, I wanted to, you know, in the Buffalo area, I wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre, um, and then moving to Rochester as a young adult, uh, picking up. I went to RIT, so did not play uh, hockey for them. I wasn't that talented. But still being at RIT and uh, watching the Amherst, those are really my three, you know, my three teams. And so now to have an impact uh, to those three especially, uh, then, yeah, it's absolutely been a joy. Can you share with us how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? 
Yeah, I was a uh, I was uh, brought up like many uh, Western New Yorkers as a Christmas and Easter uh, Catholic uh, attender, and um, you know believed in God, but uh, it certainly wasn't a you know motivating motivating force in my life um, till I got to college. And actually, I uh, I borrowed a friend's car and I crashed the car and uh, got very scared and uh, and prayed that uh, Lord, if you get me out of this, you know I, I owe you. And, you know, it all worked out, insurance paid for it, and the car got fixed and whatever, but I bet I remembered that. I felt like, you know what, you know, you made this big, talking to myself, you made this big proclamation to God that you'll do whatever, and sure enough, he got you out of it. So that got me thinking, and that just got me searching a little bit. And uh, along the way, uh, my sister, who had uh, become a Christian, uh, shared her faith and got me a Bible, and I started reading on my own, and... uh, then in the spring of uh, 1987, I uh, got on my knees and, and uh, accepted the Lord as my Savior and joined his team. And in fact, that's the way I phrased it. I said, Lord, I've, I've been on the other guy's team, you know, my whole life. I want to be on your team. If you don't mind making the trade, I'm, I'm, I'm coming over. And uh, of course he did, and I've been on his team ever since and uh, just continue to grow and, uh, and uh, love him and to learn more about him. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing a little bit about your ministry and introducing us to Hockey Ministries International. How can we pray for you specifically? That's a great question. And first of all, thank you for being interested in Hockey Ministries and uh, and taking the time out of your show to uh, to have me on. I do really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I think you could just pray that we're, we're certainly not embraced uh, in the hockey culture. I say we're tolerated. And, and the image that I like to use is... Uh, when you go downtown and you see those guys with the hot dog carts on the on the street corners, that's sort of what we are. Like, uh, you know, the teams, if you called up the teams and said, who's your chaplain, they'd say, what's the chaplain? And then they, they would tell you that we don't have one because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really embraced. I'm just there. But that's the benefit is I, I am there and I'm allowed to be there and I'm allowed to be uh, uh, on site and sort of, uh, you know, sell my product, if you will, to those who are interested. So if those, if there are listeners that want to pray, is pray so that we would be more embraced. And uh, that certainly does not mean that, you know, I'm, I, I'm on the team in any way, shape, or form, but it's in their own culture and in their own interest that they would embrace the gospel and what HMI has to offer. I think that would be, uh, that'd be wonderful. Well, we'll do that. I appreciate the analogy, but but it falls short on me because there is not a hot dog cart in town I haven't embraced. (laughs) Mark, thanks for joining us. I hope we have a chance to talk again real soon. That'd be great, Rick. I really appreciate it. God bless. That's Mark Papilia of Hockey Ministries International. He's the team chaplain for the Buffalo Sabres, the Rochester Americans, RIT, and Nazareth College. We'll be back right after the break. This is Benson and those guys.